0: Hello everyone, welcome to Random Call. And because of my mistake and we lost our first track of this episode, but we still have 30 minutes, so let's just jump into our discussion.
1: For me, it's the uh, reminds me kind of reminds me of the time when I was learning English because uh when i are learning Danish, it's kind of from the very beginning, like from the numbers, from the pronunciation and some basic conversation, like what's your name, something like that. And I think the rules of pronunciation for Danish is kind of based on English, but it's totally different. So um, it's really difficult for me, and I spend a lot I, I um I can say lots of time, but um kind of a little bit time to um know the difference between Danish and English. Um and I decided to learn English um more uh, more deeper, like two days ago, because I realized even though I use English for like three or two years to study in the United States, but English was always as a tool for me. So um I, I re- when I learned Danish, I realized I do not learn English, this language, for a long time. So I decided to relearn um, English and to improve my especially listening skills so uh, I find some listening courses and uh, to and to watch some English video to improve my listening skills and one more reason I want to do that because I realized when I listening the English course I think it's good but when I listening some... Um, people's conversation especially for casual conversation they just speak really fast and I just can't understand so I decide to improve more and more about my English listening skills.
0: How long did you study Danish like until now? Um, I think it's
1: around half a month, is not that long because it's only two or three weeks.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and also like what you talked about, like learning how to (laughs) say numbers and also maybe, I don't know whether Danish has very different or very special number system because when I started learning French, you know, it's like a totally different rules for me to learn and I think it's very like, strange you know like to say maybe for french people like 88 is 4 plus is like four twenty and 4 and this is very different from english and also when i started to learn french i feel like um like language are very interesting to learn and also it kind of let me Realize that learning language is not that boring. As I started, for example, like for school use and for just for exams. And what's very interesting is that actually our if I if I I if I were right that our first episode is about talks a lot about language learning and we shared how we think English is very important. And also I feel like this topic is um. Uh, kind of a very main topic for our podcast because we are also experience experiencing the difficult of um like how to say to speak english and and we also find ourselves like not enough for english like you say you decided to improve your listening skills and also i now i'm preparing for exams. exam, so I found that if you just um, have this standard of test and you need to pass the bar, that you really need to adjust your way of like saying and also like writing. And this is something that I never really put enough importance on. And also I found that this kind of uh, skills like writing in English is not only beneficial for English. It can really kind of make me exercise my logic skills. And this something that we don't have too much opportunities to learn when we are using our native language. And for me, like we need to use English as a academic language in the campus. But I feel I actually feel very uncomfortable with English in academic area. And, and I also think that I really like, lack the confidence to use English. And I feel that it's too, it's just, um, it just consumes too much time compared to the Chinese. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's maybe the most important thing that i've been thinking about recently yeah
1: yeah i totally agree you know um i i always thinking if i'm a native speaker of english like how many time i will save you know to translate or to transfer into chinese or something like that so every time when i'm reading some english article readings or listening some English videos audios I just you know I just can't um, relax you know I always always feel nervous because I, I, I I'm just going to think um, like if I can't understand or if I can't get the meaning of it so I just always feeling not that relaxed to learn with English and, and also um, we all know that English and Chinese logic is really different so um. Now I just trying to train myself to just understand English directly, not that trans- translate English into Chinese and then understand it. Because when I translate English into Chinese, actually, sometimes it's not that fluent because um, they're just totally different to languages. And sometimes when you translate it, it's just, you know, the logic always cannot be that fluently. So um I just try to understand English directly, but that will cost much more time than transferring to Chinese. So um and now uh I'm taking some very um like based on radius courses so uh, it's a kind of difficult for me to reading 30 or 40 pages per day in English, but I need to. So I will transfer into Chinese sometimes, but I realize um, when I try to understand some text in English directly, it will really improve my English skills because um, Chinese is my comfortable zone. Like if I just you know, push myself to understand English directly, it will improve my skills very fast. So that is a kind of good way for us to learn English, I think.
0: Yeah, and I also found the difference between input and output because I think like listening to English podcast is long longer, a very difficult thing for me, but like speaking is still a little bit for me and also every time when we record this podcast i need to kind of prep myself and to let myself to immerse in english environment and i also found that the how to say like the um, like the different personality when we are trying to think in english or chinese and also i realized that i really don't want to lose my mindset of chinese because i am a chinese and we are chinese so i really don't like to see a kind of situation that um, we we are trying to learn english too much that we lose our way of speaking and like writing in chinese but because i feel that it's very important for me to use chinese in our day in my daily life and also in like as a as a way to express myself because like chinese is um, our native language and also we are like more natural and can easily express myself myself like more easily so but like learning a different language is also a very important thing. And I mean, for everybody, I think, because it can really expand your perspectives and also to learn another culture. And it doesn't mean you need to abandon your own culture. It just means that you have more lenses to view this world and also like mm, to think things differently and i think this is an ability that we really need to exercise and also it reminds me a documentary that i watched maybe yesterday or last maybe last week and uh, actually it tells about the story of um kind of the public public school problem in united states and but the thing that I want to address now is that um, they just have this skill, how to say the skill system to test like which level you're in in English. And I think this kind of reminds me of a growth mindset that I need to always have because if we think that we are now grown ups and we are over 18, that we didn't have this ability to learn as a child or as a teenager i think it's totally wrong because when we grow more and grow older that we can kind of have a more flexible and also a more sophisticated um, how to say the learning method to use when we are learning a new languages and also maybe learning a new language learning a new language can really make you to kind of look back on your own culture and all your own kind of method of using your own language and i think it's a very kind of interesting ex- experience yeah yeah um when i
1: learned Danish courses that the professor always told us we are going to learn language and culture together because like those two kind of things it's combined like you can just you know learn language isolated with the culture so we actually learn a little bit about Danish culture I think Chinese for me is really 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 important (laughs) too because um, I think when I want to express some Um, deeply feeling or sincerely feeling the first option of uh, jumping to my mind is always Chinese because like as we all know Chinese is our first language and when when I use Chinese I feel like I'm I'm myself you know like when I use English I always feel I'm another person like another characteristic because when I express English or um writing something in English, I always think I'm an outdoor person. I don't know how to say that because uh, it's a strange feeling. i I always thinking I'm just, you know, use English in another uh, personalities because when I say Chinese, I feel like I don't have any abstractions and I can express whatever I want because, but but when I use some you like express in English or writing in English I always thinking about can I change another word or like can I use another more directly ways like something like that I always curious about the language itself like the the, the 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 writing rules or like the grammar something like that so all of that will distract me like let me not only focus on the writing itself, but also about, you know, some grammarly, something like that. But when I use Chinese, I just, you know, express whatever I want. So um, for sure, Chinese is always my first option, but now I study a word. So English for me, it's kind of like, I must learn, like I must use it. So learning English well, for me, it's a, you know, necessary task, But Chinese, it's a comfort zone. Like when they want to express something, I always use Chinese first. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And actually we just, we are interrupted uh, like five minutes ago and we talked about something like personal stuff and we just use Chinese and it kind of gave me a very direct, like, differences between Chinese and English and our feeling towards using them. And also I found that we usually use Chinese to express our feelings, but as for the English, it's just for a very kind of neutral thing to say, because we maybe use this to read articles or maybe listen other stories. But when we are trying to express ourselves and we like chinese the best option and like you said when we are using english we feel like we are being we are in the position of being judged i know there is no one like standing there judging our english but i always feel like when i use english i am in the position of like not in the position of active but in a position of like waiting somebody to judge me or maybe to um how to say to um praise me like we are always be we are always waiting for others to give an evaluation like for our english levels and we tend to be glad when we receive bad feedbacks but also when we receive um like negative feedback when we are we use we like We need to figure out how we can make progress. And I know it's a very important stage of language learning. And of course, for English speakers who wants to learn Chinese. And I think it's like the same feeling, although we are learning different language, but the, like the curiosity, like you said, and also the kind of exhaustion when we are learning a new language, I think there's something like that universal. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I also uh, want to say a little bit about the Danish culture. Like, um, I think the Danish culture is uh, really interesting because they are, uh, claim that they are uh, gender equality and they are really care-, care about the children's education because, like, uh, when they're in kindergarten and primary school and middle school, they're all for free for every children who, who is Danish Danish. Danish. But, um oh, and you can also see lots of father who take care of baby in the street, like uh, in our country, maybe it's all of them about the women who care about babies, but in Danish, like it's men. But I also realize there's lots of things I feel uncomfortable because first of all, like, uh, I, the, the, the center I study is, it's located on the main street i think it's main street of danish and they have lots of cultures sculptures on this uh square but i can only see one woman sculpture and this uh woman well, sculpture it's only like located i think it's outside of the sculpt the the, the middle of square and also um like uh, one of my classmates told me uh, their teacher told them uh, like the like uh they used to want they used want to make a pregnancy woman sculpture on the square but nobody said yes like most of them say no so they don't have a pregnancy woman sculpture and also i noticed that um uh, for the women and men's uh, working possibilities. I don't know how to say that, but I think it's like um, men and women are not like, not women higher than men, because I I think in my course, like the men teacher and the women teacher are like, you know, 50 to 50. So, um, and I also noticed that um, there's lots of um women do some mandatory work like cleaning and you know do the grocery stuff something like that so I think even though the Danish claim that they're the you know the most gender equality country they are not do the thing enough you know I think they can they have they they have lots of places can improve even though for me like I just came here for a month like half a month I noticed lots of things I think it's uncomfortable for me yeah
0: yeah and I found that you know maybe in Nordic country and they are like the first second like third countries that values gender equality but it's still the Patriarchy, you know, and also like some very small. Not, I think it's not small. It's like the details that you noticed is like is evidence that they maybe have a more invisible discrimination against women. And also, I found that it's like a different uh, a different problem that they're going to tackle compared with the Chinese society and maybe the um North. The East countries, aside East Asia countries, and also I found that I don't know because I I am reading a book that discussed about the older people's um like caring for older people's in Japan, and there is a small details that talks about that the, the Japan people Japanese like they tend to use foreigners to um describe foreigners but not the immigrants because foreigners means that they are going to leave in the future but like if you use immigrants it means that they are a part of your society and i also found that it's very universal that countries that they really don't value foreigners and they tend to think uh, this kind of their own territory ideal and i think it's like same for every country in the world and although like japan they face a very serious like population problem but they still don't take the like to welcome immigrants as a solution and they just don't choose it and also i often i don't know i don't i don't remember when but i just read a articles that talks about the some very bad thing for um nordic country that they did in the in the past because i think there is a very like common trend in chinese social media that they think that if you're born in like how say a nordic country that you're so lucky like you're maybe one of the percent but is that they're they still have drawbacks, and we can still improve this world. Like, um, like you, like you say, like in their society, they still got some, maybe many things that they need to improve. And also, I think maybe their like higher, how to say higher, higher pension and like high tax system is not welcome. Is not like very welcome for foreigners and also like um there's one sentence that i saw in social media that said um everybody is equal doesn't really mean everyone is equal it just mean if you are the citizen of their country that you are like everyone is is equal and there is a this premise that you need to kind of tick tickle the box yeah
1: yeah, that's totally true. I think that the the, the phenomenon you mentioned about like the immigrants and citizens, um, this kind of phenomenon is really uh, uh, serious in, in the United States. You know, especially United States, because like as we all know, like you know the the white people and the Latino Latino people, the black people, like those kind of. Um, Confucians and you know they always have some conflict so yeah I think you're right you know um, when you um, when you born there or you were immigrants like you were just you know living in maybe you were living in the same physical environment but you were totally living in a different world so like for me like I'm just like a tourist in Denmark I just feel like you know some kind of You know, they always say Denmark have lots of social benefits, you know, I just can't experience that because I'm just a tourist. So, yeah, you know, um, the one more thing I want to mention is about the, you know, um, nowadays in Chinese social media, there's always lots of people say they want to immigrate to another country. You know, they always say, uh, I want to, I don't want to stay in my country now. But actually, I think if you choose to immigrant, um, that is not the the way to solve all of your life questions. You know, it's it's you can't just you know immigrate to another country and then all of your life questions disappears. Actually, um, for me, you know, I'm a person like who wants to do immigrants in the future. Um, But like I I studied in the United States and now I live in Denmark and I just compare those kind of two countries. And I don't think for me, I'm not sure where I want to live in the future. I'm just always considering. And I don't think there is one place is perfect for life, you know, like the weather is perfect, the, the career opportunity is perfect or like, you know, the, the the food, something like that, like all of them is perfect. There's no place like this. So I think if you want to immigrants, like you, you can't count that to solve all of life questions. And also you will have much more life questions if you want to immigrate. So, yeah, I think that is a more serious um problem than lots of people think yeah
0: yeah and also I mean if you really want to move to another country and there is no perfect country and also as a foreigner that if you want to be their citizens that you need to like go through many procedures and also there is a lot of problems that you're going to solve before you are one of them and also even you really got the like the id card or like being their citizens that you still need to face the problem of like feeling that not one of them and i think this like this is the problem that maybe we're going to discuss in the future because i know it's not a yeah, it's just a very difficult question to discuss and also I feel like um right information is really important because you really need to know um to like to understand and also to know that um what what what's your dream country and to know the real circumstances of their countries but I know like now for many person that um, going to that country and experience their their like their climate and their society and their environment is a privilege for many of them and people like they only have maybe one chance of doing it or also or maybe they only they need to make this bold decision that they will get a more like, um, reasonable quality of life. I mean, yeah, I can totally understand that, but I think the right information is very important and you don't want to like, after you get there and you found that it's not what I want. And I mean, it's very normal that somebody found that after they achieved their, or they arrived in their dream cities or dream country yeah
1: yeah that's totally that is all for today
0: okay and thanks for listening and see you next time